Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday, we begin in Alabama and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. The Music of America podcast continues today. We're headed to Fargo. I'm going to visit with a gentleman named Mike Morris, a fun just a fun songwriter and a fun, uh, talented vocalist. And well, you'll hear it. It's, it's really neat. Uh, you know, you meet, you fall in love, you commit to each other. That's the easy part of your relationship. But somehow after two years or so things, well, they begin to be challenging. Emotions and flair have waned. We disagree more, feeling disillusioned at times. Well, this period of disappointment and disillusionment can last a long time, even years. This is usually when couples seek out a therapist to help them learn better communication skills. Two Years After Forever, a relationship workbook, is dedicated to help couples find that effective communication. This guidebook, sort of a how-to book, teaches you some skills to learn about communication deficiencies that likely occur, but better, it offers exercises that improve those skills to be better communicators, better partners. Two Years After Forever, it's not a self-help book, it's a workbook. You have to do the work. But if you do the work, do these exercises together, apply the lessons learned, you'll absolutely see a difference in all your relationships, particularly lasting into the future, like forever. Two years after forever, twoyearsafterforever.com. Two years after forever, available at Amazon Books, today and forever. Mike Morse is our guest from Fargo, North Dakota, and I, I should offer this disclaimer we had a really really great interview just a few days ago and my zoom didn't record the whole thing so here we are again but now we're more familiar with each other and we be that much better right that's right the downside of this is we had a lot of lightning in the bottle stuff you know we had a lot of really cool moments there and i i don't know what i had for dinner last night so we're trying to remember what <laughs> what we talked about two or three days ago. So let's just, let's go right into your pedigree. Uh, you're in Fargo now. Have you always been in North Dakota? No, I'm a, I'm originally from a little town in Montana called Red Lodge. Okay. A little ski resort. Yeah. And when did you pick up uh, playing music and how'd you start? Well, I stole my sister's guitar when I was eight. <laughs> and I, I hid it in a hay fort. And I had a Mel Bay learning book for yeah. two years out to play guitar. And uh, it was like Michael Rowe, The Boat Ashore. Right, stuff. right. But the, old, uh, the old uh, red and black label with the white exactly. background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I taught myself how to play. No kidding. Yeah. And uh, and then uh, my dad was a professor at the col at a college. And he... Uh, he introduced me to a couple of people there in the music department, and I learned a little more from them. And then I just started hanging around bars. <laughs> and uh, at eight, at eight, he's hanging around bars. <laughs> oh no, people are like 12, 13, 14, and and friended a bunch of guys that yeah. kind of under their wing. And uh, next thing you know, I'm in a school bus halfway across the country playing music. And how old were you then? Fifteen. That's amazing. That is yeah. just amazing, and and you weren't you weren't the kid that came along as the sideshow. You were the front man. Yes. Yeah. At fifteen. Yeah. At fifteen. The the uh, the crazy thing is my my mom and dad were both educators. Uh huh. And 
uh, you know, my dad was a college professor. My mom was an eighth grade school teacher. And uh, uh, I went on the road in a rock band at 15. Yeah. That had and, to have been a shocker. <laughs> well, I, I ran away to do it. Oh, you're kidding. I didn't no, know that. They asked me why when I came back. And it was yeah. like, well, what do you do every day when you come home from the college? My dad really couldn't, didn't have a good answer. And I said, well, I'll tell you what you do. You, you, you bitch and complain about your job <laughs> because you had responsibilities. It's not exactly what you wanted to do. Yeah. And I said, he always wanted to own a fly fishing store. And within two years he had retired and owned two fly fishing stores. No kidding. How about that? Yeah. So he got it at that point. You know, yeah. I, I was going to live or die, starve, starve or succeed doing what was in my heart. Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's kind of worked out <laughs> and 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 you play that's the thing though at that at that right. age i mean you'll you'll do a gig for 20 bucks you exactly know? well yeah. i didn't know any better yeah and you just needed gas money or you know money to go get some nuggets or something <laughs> oh yeah well i was fortunate that that i i did a house gig in my hometown for a year before i left on the road so oh, that was neat. yeah but then i left on the road with guys that were 35 yeah no, and so you know they weren't going to let anything happen to me. What was know? the band that you began touring with? A band called Persuader. Persuader, yeah. Regional notoriety or national? Um, no, not really. Just a just a cover rock band that you know toured uh, Indiana, Illinois, Minnesota, mm -hmm. North Dakota, a lot of Wyoming, Colorado. Yeah, our hot spot was Steamboat Springs, Colorado, in in the eighties, and that. Oh was yeah. Just, a 15 year old playing in the, yeah, it was crazy. That's something. And what, yeah. uh, what were the influences? You said it was a cover band. What were some of the songs? Oh, every, every you know, out, you know, we were doing all the, the top 40 that was out then, you know, yeah. a lot of Bruce Springsteen, a lot of, uh, we had a lot of Southern rock roots from, for a band that was from Montana, which was That's really funny. Weird. Yeah. But I mean, we were all into that, you know, Skinner to Almond Brothers too. But then, you know, we also, you know, Tom Petty. Uh huh. Uh, all sorts of stuff and you were know? you a spandex long hair makeup guy yeah <laughs> it kind of evolved into that you know and uh, uh, towards the end of that band and when i took off from that band and and started hopping from band to band across uh -huh. the country yeah spandex makeup you name it so see this is an audio only so people can't see that like, you're sitting there with a right. the ball cap on and glasses and yeah. short hair and i just you know picturing Picturing the gentleman I'm looking at now with like uh, in a hairband with glitter eye makeup <laughs> and you know green and you know green and blue fluorescent polka dot spandex right. pants, which yeah. you uh, you just came across right? Recently? I did, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, at my mom and dad's house. Yeah, when they any chance, uh, any chance you're gonna put those back on, down those babies again? There. They're, they're forever gone. <laughs> they're, they're, they're forever gone. So so not just no, but that's a capital H hell no, right? <laughs> when did you uh, start doing solo stuff? Or did you do solo stuff while you were with the cover band? Well, the funny thing was is that the first professional gig I had at 13 was by myself. Uh-huh. Um, I did a grand opening of a club in Red Lodge where I'm from, and that kind of gave me the 
I don't know, uh, the itch or the fever. Yeah. Do this. Oh, I can get paid for this and do this. And <laughs> I mean, I, I did a lot of that playing around, you know, by myself, mm-hmm. those 13 and 14, but 15, uh, the band, they, they took me under their wing and did the house gig and then went out on the road. That's amazing. And and did your parents try and find you or did they ever catch up with you periodically? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure. I mean, it wasn't that long span of long a span of time before I came back, but uh-huh. um, you know, they they got it. And when they did, they they're like, "Okay, you can do this, but here's a list of stuff you have to get done before uh-huh. you can do." It. And it was, you know, the stuff like get a driver's license. Right get social security card all that crap in order and and uh you know some they just let me go they came back they came back out on the road about i don't know maybe 13 14 years later and i was doing a i'd I'd gone country by then Uh but they uh they came out and i did a, a a a bank of shows where the band I was in opened up for restless heart oh wow for about five shows in a row and they were out yeah they were out for three of them and they're like i was a huge i was a huge restless heart fan huge oh it's me too how exciting (laughs) yeah but then they got it they're like oh this is what you do Yeah. yeah yeah i'm i'm working towards something i mean the the aspirations i had at that point never worked out but i found my niche now you know and uh i'm really happy with it so why country why why did you not stay in the pop rock scene well because i i joined some bands and done some uso pack f tours overseas wearing spandex and makeup of course (laughs) and and when we came back things had kind of changed here and the agent was like, you got to put on a Don Johnson jacket and, and a skinny little tie. And yeah. you're going to have to play stuff like Frankie Goes to Hollywood. And, yeah, you, you know, yeah. you're going to have to start playing at the Holiday Inn. And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And then, I, I, you know, the country was just exploding then. Yeah, right. You know, Garth Brooks, Travis Tritt and all those guys. And you, you listen to it. First of all, I couldn't hear the guitar parts and Frankie goes to Hollywood. So I'm like, why am I going to be there? Mm-hmm. And then all the guitar parts in the country stuff were so cool. I mean, a lot of it was just Southern rock licks, a little right. cleaner, you know? And it was like, I'm going over there. And I just, you know, and from my song, I've written songs pretty much since I started playing guitar. Uh-huh. And, and, I'm really into lyrics lyric, you know, some people just put lyrics in cause they fit, you know, but I, I really try and concentrate on, on the story and saying just enough that it, people can relate to it. And country music was so good at that. Right. We were, I just, just had this conversation last night at dinner with, uh, with uh, my best friend. We were talking about lyrics and then, cause he grew up as a music guy. He listened to the music lyrics got in the way of, of a song to him, you know, right and now he's listening to lyrics and, uh, I, I turned him on to like elephant by Jason Isbell, you know, as an example, exactly. I said, uh, listen to that song and tell me that doesn't tug at your heartstrings, you know, and, and he hit, he hit me back up with, uh, Strawberry wine. I'd never heard that oh. song before, and oh my god, you know, great songs. You know, what a story. 
Yeah, yeah. And uh, you don't get that in pop. You don't get that with, like you said, Frankie goes to Hollywood or Huey yeah. Lewis in the news, you know. Right. You know, uh, trying to think of, uh, there's a, well, just a side note that ties in with this. There's a special on Netflix called uh, Greatest Night in Pop. Have you seen that? No. It's the, it's the making of the song We Are the World. Okay, I've I've heard of it. I've heard, and of it's it. so interesting. There's and when you were talking, there was something that made a lot of sense. There was a time when, uh, in the production, where Stevie Wonder says we should be singing some Swahili, and or whatever it was, and uh, and Waylon Jennings said, uh, "I don't know what we're singing, and ain't no good old boy ever sang no Swahili, so I'm out of here." And he walked off, walked out of there, because. It wasn't genuine, and that's what I've, you know, there's there's a certain authenticity to country music, a certain genuineness, and you represent that, and I think maybe that's kind of what you were attracted to, not the Don Johnson rolled up sleeves and the little silver bracelet or gold bracelet on your wrist kind of thing, right? No, I, I'm from the heart, not the head. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's yeah. the way I look at it, and it's, and it, I mean, anybody can put words down on a piece of paper and make them rhyme, but if they don't mean anything, you know, right. or sometimes, rhyme. sometimes you put words down that don't rhyme, like "schools out," where we yeah. got no class, we got no principles. I can't even think of a word that rhymes. <laughs> right, but there are some guys that can do stuff that that doesn't rhyme. That's really cool. Oh yeah, yeah. you know. Um, but th it this just got to mean something. It's right. got to. To me, I can't write about something that's hypothetical. I can't. It, it, it's either had to happen to me or I've had to watch it happen or it's had to happen to a good friend of mine or, or, or such, you know? Yeah. And that leads us to actually your first song. Yeah. Uh, I'll drive. And when I first saw the title before I listened to the song, I thought it was a, a like a buddies out drinking kind of thing. Like, no, that's I'll, I'll drive, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we've all had that. We've all had that experience. But right. that's not the story of the song. You explain this very, very well. But what the song is really about? Yeah, it's, it's you know, you, you go through life and you have certain relationships and 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 they don't work out, and you do different things to get through those times. And and this certain girl that I was with at the time, we would kind of do this every you know three, six, nine months, split up, and the only way I could get over her was to get in the, my car and drive. And just drive till I forgot what I was driving for. Right. And, you know, and, you know, I, and it's not around the block. I mean, like to the coast, you know, I, from I, Fargo. I, yeah. Well, this was Cheyenne, Wyoming at the time, oh, okay. but I mean, same yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would drive to the East Coast, the West Coast, the Gulf of Mexico. I even drove to Thunder Bay once, you know. Wow. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know, there's something about driving. And going through all those things in your head of things you could have done different things, but you know, at the end of it, you're like, "I forgot what I'm out here driving for," and yeah, that's exactly what that song's about. I spent a lot of time in vehicles by myself. I had a pest control company, and I ran my own route. And then I was in sales with a pest control company, and my route was three hours any direction. You know, so you spend a lot right. of time in your car. And there's nobody in there but you, you know? And to me, that's it, sometimes it's extremely therapeutic because you can be on fire emotionally about something when you're leaving. 
And by the time you get to your destination, you just like kind of melt it out, chilled. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We've all done it, and we're going to hear about it, your version of it, with the first song we hear from Mike Morse here. The song is called I'll Drive here on the Music of America podcast. Room 242 Holiday I'm supposed to get over you Chalk it up to a good time Go on like I'm just fine Forget what you just put me through That ain't easy to do Cause I'll stay up all night Pacing the floor Till I can't stand these four walls anymore And I'll drive just as far as I can Till I can't feel the touch of your hands Till I find a place Something feels right until then I'll drive Mike Morris, Fargo, North Dakota, here on the Music of America podcast. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. We've got another one of Mike's songs coming up, which I think is my favorite in terms of the story behind it. We're going to talk about that after we talk about this. It's really this simple, okay? Buy Kitty's litter box. Open the box. Place litter in the box. Introduce the box to your cat. When the cat has done their business for maybe a month or so, close the box, 
and throw it away. That's it. Just close the box, grab the handle of this biodegradable box, and throw it away. Perfect for traveling with your favorite feline, affordable, convenient. The one thing I did not like about cats, and I don't know how it became my job, but it was cleaning the litter box. Well, if Kitty's litter box was around 20 years ago, who knows? Maybe I'd still have cats. Kitty's Litter Box, all lowercase, all one word, kittyslitterbox.com. Order today. It's perfect. Mike Morris, our guest here from Fargo, North Dakota, great songwriter, uh, love your story, really love the story about the next song. So the, the song is called Like Nobody Knows. Now, again, when I see a song, it automatically, I'll see a word or a series of words and it triggers something with me. So I immediately thought, heaven knows by the grassroots years and years ago, this song, oh, it ain't nothing about that. <laughs> oh. But I love the story behind this, and uh, I want you to share that with everybody because it's such. Sure, a I, you know it's a uh, not one of my proudest moments in life, but um, being young, living in Colorado, um, or uh, actually, I lived in Wyoming but worked out of Colorado. But anyway, I was uh, I met a young lady, and uh, how, how do we say it? Uh, she was married get it out there and she was married and she married for all the wrong reasons uh, nice you know comfortable lawyer's wife yeah life no go to the business. nice go to the nice restaurants wear the nice clothes drive the nice car yeah. she, she married for money mm-hmm. you know and but uh for lack of a better word i guess i was her boy toy and uh it it's really weird because we couldn't go anywhere. We couldn't do anything. Our relationship was good between the two of us, but I, she made me love her like nobody knew because nobody knew. Yeah, Absolutely nobody knew. Not even my friend, nobody. And uh, it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really tough subject because you, you can't, you can't, you can't do anything. And it's, uh, God, I don't even know how to explain it. We, when, you, when, well you, when you first shared your story about that with me, it is absolutely the story of Lion Eyes by the Eagles. Exactly. You know, I mean, on the other side of town, a boy's waiting, yep. right? I mean, uh, I, you know, I never thought of that either. Really? That's one of my, that's one of my favorite Eagles songs, but it, I, I guess I lived that Eagles song, you know. But You never thought about it then or you never thought about it ever? Like you have since maybe, or you just brought it up. Oh, you're kidding! Oh my gosh, those lyrics absolutely fit the story, Mike. And I did that song the other night. Did you really? Yeah, somebody requested it, and it's like, boy, I haven't done that song in 30 years. Sure, let's do it. Wow. Uh, Yeah, weird, huh? Yeah, but it is. It's 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 crazy. And and the the thing was that whenever we got to where we were getting so close that it was. Like, all right, well, are you going to stay in that relationship or, you know, or be happy? Because she wasn't happy. Right. And she would always run back, you know, couldn't couldn't give up the money. And, you know, I guess I get it, you know. I'm glad it didn't work out because I have a way better relationship now. So Yeah, yeah. And your wife, kids now? Oh, of course, your your kids are so young now. Yeah. (laughs) The youngest is 30. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I 
I'm dating myself. Or he'll be 30 in June. So yeah, I, I got. Yeah. I even get you beat there, dude. My <laughs> my my youngest just turned 33. So oh, gee. Yeah. Well, good for you. Yeah. So anyway, that that really hit me after you told you the whole time you're telling me the story about that, and I'm thinking that all the, all these lyrics are coming to my head, and I I kind of wanted to ask on the interview that we didn't get recorded. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I've asked that, and it, it was not a an inspiration for you. It's just what happened in your life. Yeah, it's it, all my songs are that way. That I don't I don't write hypothetics or object ride or or you know it, it's it's just it's i can't write about anything i don't know about and the only things i really know about are the stuff that happens to me and and that's just i think that's the way it should be that's what you were saying earlier that it comes from here and not from here it comes from your heart and not your head right i when i when i there's another song that we're not doing on the show it's called the letters yeah and just just an example of of stuff that that really hits home and you have to write about so i think we should talk about it um my my parents died four or five years ago mm -hmm. my mom five years ago my dad four years ago but um i i sat down i had to write a song because there was a story within their death that had to be told my, my mom was diagnosed with a very fast growing cancer oh, liver okay. cancer mm -hmm. they gave her 14 days to live when wow. when she was diagnosed it, it was the size of a grapefruit when they diagnosed her it was the size of a football 14 days later mm. um she lasted 13 days and died but before she died she told my dad she said when i die i want you to go to my personal things which meant her chest or drawers and i want mm. you to get rid of everything and he thought that was really odd but he said that's what you want that's what i'll do well, she knew that he was going to find something in that chest of drawers. Right, right. And and what he got to the bottom sweater drawer and he unfolded the sweater and there were all the love letters that my dad had written to her in college. Oh my gosh. My dad was was a professor at Oklahoma State University and my mom was actually a student dating her professor. Oh, no kidding. Wow. He would go, he would go home to New York in the summer so they would write back and forth uh -huh. so these are the letters that they wrote back and forth and and um my dad found those letters and he's like I, his thing was why well, I, don't, I don't know what to do with these letters i i can't read them yeah i'm just now there's some things a man can't do you know because he goes that's in those letters is the first time i told your mom i loved her oh, you wow. know and so my dad was dying of congestive heart failure the next year. And he, and he said, he gave me the same set of instructions, go through my things and get rid of them. And I'd forgotten about this story. Uh -huh. And I went through his stuff and in his papers, I found those letters. Oh my gosh. You're kidding. How fun. Yeah, and I'm, and or, I'm, I don't know how fun. But the... Well, you just go, what do you do? Yeah. You know what? I, okay, first of all, these are their property. Second of all, my dad couldn't read these. Right, right. So there's no way I can read these. Mm -hmm. What do I do? 
so I, I thought about it for a while. And in the morning of his funeral, we were, I met with my brother and my sister and we went to see my dad before the funeral. And it hit me. Those letters, we, when we walked up to the casket, I opened up his, his blazer and I put them on the inside pocket Ooh, of his yeah. So they still have, the, you'll have to listen to the song. Yeah. Well, let's but do this. Let's do this. Cause you're going to send that to me. Let's listen to that song right now. Okay. And then we'll go right from that song. We'll go into like, nobody knows, which is the story we talked, uh, the song we talked about before. We'll just play these back to back. Want to do that? Okay. Yeah. So this is the letters, Mike Morris, and we're going to follow it up with the, like nobody knows story about him and his relationship with the woman on the other side of town where the boy was, was lonely. Right. Yeah. There we go. Let's do that. Let's do it. That, that, I mean, it's, it's, it's innovation. It's a creative on the fly. Let's do something new on the show kind of thing. So let's do that. This is Mike Morris with a couple songs back to back. The letters and like nobody knows here on the Music of America podcast. Go through my things 
one by one Cherish each memory as it comes Don't cry for me I'll be somewhere better He knew I'd find the letters As we gathered that morning to say goodbye I opened his suit and I slipped them inside I went through your things one by one I laughed and cried till I got it done I found my peace Knowing you're both back together You still have the letter
couple of songs with Mike Morse, like nobody knows, and the letters. And we've got another song we're going to talk about called Rubber Hits the Road in a moment. And I'm going to do a quick commercial here. But before we do any of that, something really neat about the letters that we were talking about off camera, off mic, whatever, uh, about that song and why it's another reason why it's so special to you, how it, how hard it was for you to write and now how hard it is for you to perform that in public. Talk about that way. Yeah, well, I mean, it's so personal and and so it it in, it involves three characters: my mom, my dad, and myself. But I, I wrote the song. A lot of times, I get in the summertime, I get pushed out to the garage because stuff's going on in the house and they don't want to listen to me. You know, which right. is great. In about two or three hours, I wrote that song, and and I probably, in all realistic, I probably wrote it in an hour. But the it's there were so many personal lines and personal things in that song i would find myself on the floor of my garage in the fetal position bawling yeah getting it out getting the right words and and it's it's so from the heart so from the heart well, it's it's such an emotional gift to give your parents and to give the world you know yeah it, it, you know, and I don't know if I, it's, it's hard for me to say that it was, it, it definitely is a gift. I should say that, but it, it's, it's almost therapy for me. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's to get through that time. I had to write that song about that subject, about what happened. And um, yeah, I mean, the, the feedback from it is great. A lot of people request that song. It's very hard to play the first couple of times I'd, I'm not even, I can't even remember. I don't know if I made it all the way through it or not. Yeah, but now, it's a, now it's almost a joy to play. Your music, that's why it hooks me so much, because I come from that same space, you know? Yeah. I, I got to do another commercial. We're going to do another song. Okay. <laughs> or, 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 we'll, or we'll be doing the Mike Moore show all this week on <laughs> Musical America. Hey, I'm game. I'm game. <laughs> that's right. Well, well since we're... In Fargo, North Dakota, we're not that far from Millican, Colorado. Well, B Normous Productions has been producing and recording music and videos for over 20 years. After years as a performer, the owner, Van Vierhoeven, decided to get back to that which he loves the most, production. Under the tutelage of Jordan Valeria, he learned and opened then his own place in Millican, Colorado. High-end instruments, high-end tools, all on hand to make your sound compete with that of your favorite records. And he's got one goal in mind, just one goal in mind, and that's for you to look and sound as professional as possible. So go make some records. Go make some videos. Be Normous Productions on Facebook and at BeNormousProductions.com. That's the letter B as in boy, NormousProductions.com. Mike Morse, our guest all this week here on the Music of America podcast, part... <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, and and just to, to reiterate that, that I think that's what hooks me most about your music because I, I can't write or I haven't learned to write. I'll say that I, I haven't written. I've written a lot of songs. I wrote an album for my girlfriend and played it for her at her birthday one year at a, at a, at a hall. And uh, so I can. I'm never satisfied with my writing because I want to be able to do what you do. I want to be able to tell that story that grabs people by their heart and brings them in and they share your story with you they relate to it or they live it with you and i haven't crossed that threshold yet well i think you can i think you do that i think you do that with rubber hits the road um yeah you know well 
again, my favorite out of the three that you sent me was uh, Like Nobody Knows because I love that message. But all of your stories do that. It's like it's, it's coming from you and you can kind of feel it. And, and I think you feel it because you you write in a style that we've all blank that. You know, I've felt that. I've experienced that. I've, I've heard that. I've seen that, you know. Yeah. So, rubber hits the road. What's that about? Well, it's about the same girl in all drive. <laughs> it's funny i had this, this thing of going back and writing about stuff that happened 20 years ago yeah which you know whatever but um rubber hits the road is is uh it's kind of the story of that relationship because whenever it got too close she would bolt mm-hmm. whenever it got too personal she'd hit the road and and uh finally I mean, it, it came full circle, you know. She came back again, and it was like, no, hit the road. Be <laughs> gone, because I'm not doing this again. And it, I finally just regained the strength to to move on from that relationship. And that's yeah. exactly what the song's about, you know. And it, and it was because she, we'd, we'd split up for like eight years, and I accidentally ran into her because uh, – I happened to be playing that town again. I didn't live there anymore, but I was mm-hmm. playing there for a week and I like to work on my gear. So I was in the bar for an afternoon and she didn't live there anymore either. Oh, really? No, but all of a sudden she goes, well, I, you know, she, on her Harley decided she was going to pop into this bar for a drink in the afternoon. She bops in the bar and there I am. Wow. And so it's like, yeah. And that started a whole new thing, but it finally just was like, you know, no yeah hit the road because i'm not going through this again that all happened that night or that happened over the course of a, a while of course of a, yeah, a month or two yeah okay yeah and then 20 years later i come up with a song about it that's funny yeah. no uh, it's an a- old drummer buddy an old drummer buddy of mine dated a gal that sang with us for a short while and they broke up and they got back together and then they broke up and then she called him or something at band practice one night. And I said, we think Joey goes, no, I'm not sticking my finger back in that fan. No, <laughs> no you can't. I mean, it, it, it comes to a point where it's not worth it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. For your mental health, your, your physical health or any other health, you know, it's right. just, you know, you gotta, it's yeah. Well, let's move on and let the rubber hit the road as the expression right. goes. Here we go. Mike Morse. From Fargo, North Dakota, song Rubber Hits the Road here on the Music of America podcast. She says, How you doing? Oh, it's been too long. I sit there stunned thinking the only way this goes is wrong. Cause you get me to thinking about those things I can't control They trick me into believing She's never letting go Then the rubber gets broke She's gone just as fast as she can go Moving on, adios, I know the past
Rubber Hits the Road, the last song here. After we get a bonus from Mike Moores, our guest here on the Music of America podcast. I guess maybe, I guess you're deserving since this is a re-recording because of the the issue we had last time we tried to record. You know where it says record there on the... Uh, yeah. <laughs> so thank you again for, for coming back and doing this. Mike, this is the last segment of the show, my favorite part of the show, because I don't have to do anything. <laughs> it's, we call it shameless self-promotion and... Take a minute or two, if you would, and just uh, tell us how we can help you. I, I, I often refer to that line in, in Saving Private Ryan, when the medic is shot up on the battlefield, and they're, and they're trying to bring him, you know, trying to get him healthy, and, and they say, help us help you. Tell us what we can do to help you. Help us help you. And he's bleeding out. They're dumping sulfur on him everywhere, and they're putting patches on here, and he's like, and, and then uh, he, he dies on the battlefield. So not that you're going to die on the battlefield, but the line is still the same. Help us help you. Tell us what we can do, where we can find you, and how we can help support Mike Morse music. Um, the greatest thing you can do is probably the, my Facebook page. Yeah. Uh, it's just Mike Morse. It, it might, you might have to search Mike Morse music, but it, it's there. Like it and follow it. That's always great. You know, follow it. Uh-huh. You know, that's that. And have your friends follow it. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, also, my, my website is up, uh, MikeMorseLive.com. Um, merch, all my tour dates, uh, biography, all that stuff's on there. It's pretty much anything you need to know. And of course, Spotify, Mike Morse on Spotify. Okay. To uh, follow me on that, that'd be awesome. Listen. This summer and summers to come and summers of the past, you go do a lot of lake work, right? I do a lot of lake work. Yeah. And that's L A K E, not walking, but you know, leg work, but right. lake work. I remember that uh, because I, in St. Louis, we're just outside of Lake of the Ozarks. So we have a lot of people here that aren't here on the weekends, but they get you a gig down at the lake or down at Branson. You're in like Flint, you know, is that, is that the same case with you? Oh, it's absolutely. You know, I mean, we live in North Dakota, but we're right on the river and the border ah. of Minnesota. So there's 10,000 lakes there and everybody has a lake place. And we do a lot of private parties. We do a lot of bar engagements over there, um, all over the place. It's a, uh, it's, it's a nice little gold mine over there. Yeah. Well, I would think like your style of storytelling and the songs and the stories they tell and how those inter are interwoven. I would think that a private party, house party kind of thing, a boat party, something like that, would be ideal for you. It is. You know, we do a lot of yacht rock. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, and I want to get into the house party thing because that's starting to become prevalent mm-hmm. too. And, uh, and you suggested that, which is a great idea. I have some great friends out in Montana that do that all over the country. Yeah, But yeah, I mean, it's it's there's a boatload of of work over there. Yeah, a boatload, a boatload of yacht work. Ah. Yeah, <laughs> but that even happens, I guess, in North Dakota. I do a lot of private parties over here too, South yep. Dakota. So yeah. And so booking information, all that, same thing, website, Mike Morris yeah. Live. It's all on there. You can contact me on either the website or on the Facebook page. Great. Man, I'd yeah. love to get you down here for a couple of house parties. I know people that would love your stuff, man, for sure. Let's do it. Alrighty. Well, thank you, Mike Morris, again, from Fargo, yeah. North Dakota. And thanks for a second, uh, a second swing at the bat. Hey, Tom, thank you so much for what you do for all of us out there. I mean, this is a great thing. And we really, I know I can speak for everybody that does your podcast. We really appreciate it because it, it helps us. Well, and, cool. uh, 
good it's a cool thing man i listened to like eight of them the other night it was it was no all different genres too which was like really cool to listen to oh that's neat thank you man i appreciate yeah, you that bet. you bet okay. stay in touch all right buddy all right mike moore is here on the music of miracle podcast up next we're going to stay in fargo and we're going to meet seth babbitt from a band called Tuesday X here on the Music of America podcast. You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America.